I'll grab a handful of nuts in the morning and a handful of nuts on lunch. And welcome back to the Claudcast. So uh, I want to get into this one immediately, just right away, start just shooting from the hip. I have things uh, scheduled, planned out, um, but I just wanted to go straight for it instead of instead of taking forever like I've been doing. I seem to subconsciously try and make the episode longer, it seems like, because I take much too long of pauses in between words as if I'm being thoughtful. And sometimes I am, but sometimes I'm not. And it, I'll get into all that. So, uh, first point, first point that I want to talk about is um, the last episode. So, if anybody is subscribed to the RSS feed or just to my podcast through their uh, podcast players, you may have seen an episode that that was released that was titled uh, "There's Magic in Podcasting 2.0." And the the reason that I titled it that way is because I was trying to experiment with something, and it will be functional in the coming weeks, maybe in a month or two is what I heard from, um, I think is uh, Alessandro from RSS.com. I think that's, no, Alberto, I'm sorry, Alessandro. (laughs) Alberto from RSS.com, I got a hold of him through email and through uh, podcastindex.social and explained to him the issue that I was having. So my issue was I wanted to experiment with GIFs or GIFs or however you pronounce them. The Fountain podcast player, the one that everyone is raving about right now, that I rave about, the one that I switched over to, um, to be my uh, wallet holder as well for the value tag from our from uh, podcasting 2.0 features and, and the namespace, they support GIFs in the cloud chapters. But certain hosts don't allow GIFs to be uploaded to your RSS feed. I think was the issue. It's not supported in RSS.com or cloud chapters aren't supported in RSS.com. They have their own beta feature, but they're slowly planning on releasing a cloud version as well as supporting GIFs with their own uh, in-house cloud chapter hosting or or chapter hosting service. So in the next coming months, I may have that, uh, that episode work properly. And what it is, is simply an experiment. I wanted to see if I could make a video of sorts without having to upload a video. All I, well, I mean, I, I took a video of my son riding a skateboard. This is a while ago, and it's a roughly 11 second video. And I decided, what's an 11 second podcast? Just upload it, and then this would work. I have a series shortcut that I'm putting on my series shortcuts uh, website that you can go to and, and get the download link for once I can find a way to host these files properly. Because every time I. Okay, that's a rabbit hole. Once I find a way to host these files properly, these Siri shortcuts, so you'd be able to use them at home, you'll be able to get this Siri shortcut. And what it does is it turns any video into a GIF, and not just any GIF. It turns it into a high-quality GIF with the exact same frames per second as the video was taken, which is roughly 30 frames per second. Uh, I think it's 29.97 repeating. But I took the video at that frame rate, use this series shortcut to turn it into a GIF, and then a secondary series shortcut that I'm going to combine, which would extract the audio from the video as well. So all you would do is upload the audio to your podcasting host, or if you're self-hosting, this is a better option, because I'm not self-hosting, so, excuse me, if you were self-hosting with something like uh, Sovereign Feeds, this wouldn't be an issue at all. You'd be able to self-host, you'd be able to upload your own chapters through Hypercatcher, uh, Cloud Chapters, and make it all work. The only problem there would be you'd have to find a place to host the GIF file itself because that's how Hypercatcher uh, 
makes Cloud Chapters work. It links from a GIF or a photo somewhere else on the internet that's already being hosted and inputs it as the Cloud Chapter, pulls it from the internet, uses it at the Cloud Chapter. Now, there, there are ways to do this, but you'd have to be a little bit more tech savvy than most um, with if you were to use a, a service like, I think it's a Giphy, G-I-F-Y dot com, I think is what it was. I uploaded that same clip that I used as a Cloud Chapter um, to be able to use through Hypercatcher. I linked it by getting into the web inspector mode, finding the actual file itself, because Jiffy has it to where um, you can't you can't actually get you can't save the GIF from their website by right clicking or by using anything that I could find. You had to go into the web inspector, inspect that item, go through the item list in the uh, tags, and find find the the specific link to the direct file. And it's hard to find that uh, for most people. So for now. In a month or two, I may have that episode working properly, but until then, that's what that episode is. It sounds like a skateboard riding by. That's what it is. Hopefully, it'll work, and when it does, I'll make an update, and then you guys will be able to watch it and see in real time if, you, if you're if you on Fountain, which most most people are, I've found. Fountain is just well-polished and is bringing in not just podcasting 2.0 features, but they're implementing those features in such a way that they can basically become a de facto podcast player and onboarder. Uh, for new podcasting 2.0 features by allowing you to do other things as well, like paying others through Fountain through interactions such as liking each other's comments, which is just, it's unheard of. It's unheard of so far in the podcasting space. So they're they are kind of the forward pushers in the market right now. But that that also leads into the shortcut website. So in the podcast notes that I'm going to be putting here on the uh, screen, uh, Around around right now, you'll see there will be a uh, a link to the to my website, the Siri Claudcast Shortcuts at Card or dot card dot co, and you'll find every single shortcut that I've ever made or used on this podcast or have ever talked about, and things that I just use on a day to day basis. Things that'll help you, I don't know, uh, make a audio clip of any podcast that you can insert into your own just for um, content purposes, or if you found something hilarious in a YouTube video that you wanted to clip, or, or really any audio or media that's on the web, you just use this shortcut and you can convert any screen recording into audio. I'll have to make a separate podcast on this specifically, but <clears throat> excuse me. Other than that, that is, that is what happened with the last episode. That's what's happening with the Shortcuts website, and those two tie in together because they're related. I'm trying to just blow through all these topics that I had on my mind, trying to make it more clear and concise. I'm doing a terrible job of it now, but I will find a method slowly but surely. I want to give more credit to Pitar. This dude is relentless. He is the, he's the ghost of Christmas past of podcasting 2.0, if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a good thing. I think the ghost of Christmas past is a bad thing. This guy is amazing. He's always there on everyone's podcast, every person. He's like some legendary creature that, that you'd be lucky to stumble across. And when you do, you can't help but stare like a deer in headlights because he's just amazing. Takes everything like a champ, is always there to reply to you whenever you need him to, and give you honest feedback on things. It's just wonderful. It's wonderful. And... If, if anyone who's a new follower on Fountain, if you're getting updates, which is kind of crazy, I got, tangent here, I got tons and tons of new followers because of a donation I believe that I made and a feature uh, review 
by the Mere Mortals podcast. I'll get back to that, but I just wanted to mention that. So if you are listening on Fountain, you can look in the comments section and you'll notice that Pitar also replied to my last episode or put a comment on it telling me, uh, well, actually, let me pull it up so I can uh, show you exactly what he said. It's, it's, it's crazy how many things this guy has to say. I don't think, I don't think that he's, I don't think he's intentionally listening to my podcast to say um, that he's going to be an avid listener. I think he's just encouraging anyone who's in the podcasting 2.0 space or really podcasting in general and trying to be an encouraging person to help you be better at what you're doing. And I, I say that because my podcast is nothing to be, not be proud of, but it's nothing to say uh, insanely good things about. The production value could be so much better my vocal quality could be so much better and only just recently and that's today the what 25th of june since i started this new podcast i have an old one but since i started this new podcast only now have i decided to actually record something or been able to record something at 11 o'clock in the morning in the afternoon every other podcast has always been not just this every other episode on both of my podcasts have always been at around midnight nine o'clock to midnight. And I just sounded like low energy Jeb Bush. It, it was terrible. I didn't sound uh, like I was prepared, didn't sound rested. I sounded like vocal fry every five seconds, didn't have energy to speak like this. It was just, ah. And I, I saw that reflected in my most recent, I'm, I go on tangents a lot. I'm going to have to make a podcast where it's, it's, it's one point per episode. But still, let me get back to the boost that Pitar put out. He says, best of luck, uh, <laughs> it's 9,500 sats, and I think he's just he's just throwing sats people's way, but he says, best of luck on your keto carno journey. I did a full year of strict keto eating coupled with a weekly 24-hour fasting session, and I dropped around 20% of my body weight at the end of it. One thing I found, or, one thing I found I needed was a regular dose of dietary fiber to keep things working properly, and I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. So I found uh, my version of dietary fiber, which is strictly just peanuts, just dry, salted peanuts. Nothing special, no honey roasted because sugar, uh, nothing else. But that's that's something that I found works well for me is just a handful, a handful, uh, <laughs> a handful of peanuts is uh, 33 grams in, in my hands. So a handful of nuts for me is 33 grams. I'll grab a handful of nuts in the morning and a handful of nuts on lunch and I will have no desire for any more nuts that day. Yikes. Uh, but yes, I, that's that's what happens. I have handfuls of nuts every day, two, two handfuls of nuts every day uh, for my dietary fiber. Also a little bit of protein and it's technically still carno but it is still keto it's a very strange diet and you should see my weekends i'm actually going to attach um right here if you look at your uh, podcasting 2.0 player you will see a photo of the oh i'm going to create the photo but you're going to see a photo of the maybe a rotating album a carousel of photos that show the uh, meals that i had every day for as long as i've been able to track it and you'll see also a graph of the uh, progress I've made in my diet. So you'd see the weight loss, and th this is just weight loss. I'm not doing it strictly for weight loss, but you'll see the progress I've made on this diet with just weight loss. So uh, having said all that, I want to say thank you again to Pitar for that 
amazing boost and continuing to encourage me by showing that he's listening, showing that he's engaging and just doing everything he can to be that person for others in the podcasting 2.0 space and podcasting in general. So thank you once again, Pitar. And um, sorry that I'm not replying right back on Fountain. I'm actually I'm actually quite busy most of the days. I don't have a whole lot of time most of these days to do things. So finding time to reply to people is it's a little tough uh, these days. But that's 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 something that I'm dealing with personally. So I'll, I'll fill you guys in on that in the future. But moving on, I wanted to talk about uh, milestones that I'm going to have to get going if I want to be truly value for value in the fullest sense of the word. Meaning I can't just say um, I can't just say this is value for value donate here and expect donations where people would only get their names put out there and me reading a small note or something of the nature. I need to find a a tier system where there are milestones, so to say. If you've donated this many Satoshis, you get this specific item. If you've donated this many dollars, you get this specific item. And that would just keep everything more concise, it'd be a record system, and I, I, I would take the time to put together either a spreadsheet or a website. I, w- I was thinking website because that would just give me more reason to practice my dude named Ben skills, which I don't have right now because they're they're inexistent. My dude named Ben skills are inexistent, and by dude named Ben, if you've listened to the No Agenda podcast for really any amount of time, you'd know that the dude named Ben is a person who works in IT, which is what I aspire to do. I aspire. Hardcore. I really, really want to be in IT at some point, but I don't, I cannot figure out how to get that first stepping stone, that that first step foot in the door, because the imposter syndrome hits so hard, so hard. Even though I'm, I'm not terrible at learning, I'm not terrible at figuring things out uh, technologically. I've made a few things. It's not like they're anything special. And there's my pot, my imposter syndrome coming back. I, I keep degrading what it's what I've done, but to any noob or pleb, it's not something that's easy to do. So, still, if I could get that figured out, I would make a website that would be a milestone system. It would keep a chart, a running total of who's donated what and when, and then it would automatically notify me when someone reached a certain milestone to receive, drumroll please, t-shirts, stickers, and maybe even a cryptocurrency. This is what I thought of. This is Claude's creative skills put on full display. So if you, everybody point and laugh, he's trying his best. Um, if you think that, if you think that that sounds interesting, leave a comment. doesn't have to be with uh, an insane amount of Satoshis, just something, maybe 10, 10 sats, just the minimum that a uh, fountain will allow. Go ahead and put a comment in there and suggest some things suggest some things that you think that you would enjoy for me to put out as a milestone uh, a marker something that says i donated this much to this podcast because i value it and i got this in return uh t-shirts i could have my my brother design this stuff he is a very talented artist if you wanted to follow his uh stuff on instagram i believe his handle is still k for the crown so letter k and then for the crown all spelled out in one word no underscores no spaces just k for the crown if you look him up you'll find some of his art and he's he's got a wide range too so so there's that as well but still moving on that's what i wanted to talk about with uh value for value as far as 
the milestones. We'll get into the value for value segment later, uh, the pitch at least, and then we'll come back to talking about my brother and his art skills and what he can do for the podcast in the future. I want to talk about people who want to do podcasting, myself included, but people who want to do podcasting should have something in mind. And this thing that they should have in mind is what will your setup be? Because your setup is very important for how you want to run your podcast. My setup for the longest time was simply an iPad and my Blue Snowball Ice microphone. I still use my Blue Snowball Ice. I'm in this recording booth and they provided generously a Yeti, a blue Yeti. And I thought, wow, okay, the uh, audio quality would be improved greatly. But no, for some reason, with multiple USB cables, this Blue Yeti would not connect. And it's not necessarily the Yeti's fault. It's my PC. It's because I'm running Linux Mint, and I'm not sure what Linux Mint and its drivers are not accessible to the Blue Yeti, but it's not working. The Snowball works fine, but the Yeti doesn't. Maybe there's a pin wrong with the Yeti. I'm not sure, but it's not working for me. Still, for the longest time, I would simply use an iPad and this. This blue snowball ice. This little, well, not the ice. It's, it's maybe it's the ice. It's the blue snowball. I would use this everywhere, and usually everywhere means just in a closet in any home that I'd have the ability to record in. So if I was staying over at a uh, family member's house, just pop into a closet because that's a cheap Cludio, and a Cludio is a studio, a closet studio. It's as sound treated as it can be because it's got fabric everywhere that's absorbing the sound, doesn't let it bounce anywhere. And it's uh, kind of enclosed, not a giant roomy space. It's, it's, a, it's a really good place to record if you're just starting out and you don't have the time or the care or the need to invest in making or buying a studio or, or a booth. So if you have an iPad and that blue snowball, you can get an app on your iPad called uh, Backpack Studio. Wonderful app. It does most of the post-processing for you in the app, and it has sound pads as well. So on Audacity, which I'm recording right now, and Linux in general, as far as I know it uh, currently, because I haven't been using this setup that I'm using now for very long, but on Linux, which I'm using now, I cannot find a way to import sound effects or uh, sound pads. I found a sound pad app on the Snap Store, but I don't. I don't think it works proper for the uh, use case that I'm trying to. I'm trying to use it for. So I need to find the best way to input sounds or to pull sounds from the computer into Audacity as a separate track and play them whenever I want. Either that, or I'll have to learn to use a new DAW, which I'm thinking would be Ardor. I think is how you pronounce it, which is the Linux or open source uh, DAW, which is a digital audio workspace. I think is what it stands for. It's a recording piece of software. We'll call it that because that's that's what I call it. But if you wanted to record and you only had an iPad, even just an iPhone and your blue snowball, all you would need is a lightning to USB adapter, which is about $10 on Amazon, maybe a little bit more now, inflation, um, but it's about $10 on Amazon and you need a USB cable that connects the two. And then that app, and you're done. You're done. You got everything you need. Now, obviously, if you have an iPhone, you don't have a USB as well, so you can monitor yourself and hear what it sounds like. So you'd have to do a few test runs uh, to get the audio just right before you actually start an hour of recording or even 15 minutes because it would get frustrating to realize that you're too close up on the mic and you can't fix it after that. Uh, but you could do that with your phone or iPad in a closet anywhere and start recording a podcast instantly with intro tracks, with sound effects, with uh, outro tracks, with ISOs, anything you want. And it would be beautiful, I believe. But 
if you wanted to use a proper editing software where you can fine-tune the audio and use something like a true noise gate because Backpack Studio has a noise gate, but it's not perfect. It, it's, it's still lacking in a few places, meaning that you can't, you can't get a true cutout of audio below a certain decibel threshold. It's really kind of like a reverse form of audio ducking but for background noise. So it's not it's not officially that. It, it works for it works for what it's intended to do. But it's not it's not perfect. It still has it still has some work that needs to be done on it. But if you wanted to move to a uh, audio workstation on PC or yeah, on PC, you would switch to well what I'm using now is I'm using a Surface Pro Two? I think it's a Surface Pro 2. I, I don't see any markings on it that says Surface Pro. It just says Surface on the back. It's 128 gigs. I looked up the model number, but uh, these model numbers are so hard to... It's. I don't know how they, they label it at Microsoft's website because it does not show up instantly once I type in the model number. It brings up three different models, which is strange. But I believe it's a Surface Pro 2. It's the old one that's shipped with Windows 8 out of the box. And I just wiped all the windows. There's no windows on this and probably never going to be windows on it again unless I go to Vista just so I can use some Windows apps that um, Linux can't support right now because Wine isn't perfect. There's a module on Linux called Wine that allows... <clears throat> My voice broke. How embarrassing. <laughs> There's a module on Linux called Wine that allows you to run Windows applications natively on Linux, which is pretty awesome. There's quite a few that actually work that you wouldn't think would be supported but are. So, for now, Linux is what I'm running on this machine, and that's what I'm using to record. Which, it, it, any machine that would run Audacity, meaning Mac, Windows, or Linux, would be fine with the setup that I'm using. Which I may change in the future, like I said, but for now, that's what I'm using. Um, for recording. For notes, and here's another thing, for notes, this is very important if you're going to have a very long podcast. You have to have... And look at me, I'm t tangent, I'm going on a tangent again. I need to be tighter, but I'm going on a tangent. I'm speaking as if I have some sort of incredible knowledge of how to run a podcast. But if you've listened to any of the most recent episodes, and keep in mind, I had a podcast before this. So I've had time to, to dial things in, but I just haven't done it. So I'm not really speaking with authority here, but I am speaking with some insight. So if you want to have a good, clear, concise, tight message that you're trying to bring across and you don't have some sort of ADD that causes you to go onto rabbit trails like Claude does, then you would keep either a pen and paper with some notes or you would keep notes on a separate device. I'd, I'd recommend notes on a piece of paper because your device would be buzzing quite a bit around the microphone while you're recording and cause you to have some issues with audio, which if it's kind of like a... If it's kind of like a, a personal homey feel to your podcast where you feel like I want to be more up close and personal with my guests and I don't mind them hearing me list, uh, drinking a, a can of Monster, <sighs> which um, I'll get to that in a moment as far as how that relates to my diet, or if you want them to hear you uh, rustling up some papers or tapping on a desk, whatever, squeaking on your chair, I don't know if the noise gate's going to cut that out, but still... If you want that feel of audio, you know, go for it. You got you got the freedom to do what you want. But I'd recommend having a notebook with some notes so you can go bullet point by bullet point by bullet point and knock it out. 
with all of the things being tied to their own situation. And if you ever get lost too far down a rabbit trail, you can always bring yourself back because you know where which point number you're on in your notes. So there's that. Now, the audiobook. The audiobook that I'm recording is moving along swimmingly. And I have a sample to play for you right now. But keep in mind, this is all subject to change because I recorded that in the bedroom. And that was at 10 o'clock at night. No, 11, I believe. 11 o'clock at night. So vocal fry and everything else was playing into it. So keep in mind that it's subject to change because I cannot mimic that exact same tone of voice every single night because some days I've drinking so much caffeine that I have so much vocal fry that it is impossible to get a short word out without just frying it out completely. And sometimes I'm still full of energy because I had a light day and my voice sounds a little more peppy like it does currently. So just keep that in mind, but here is the sample of the audiobook so you can kind of hear what that's going to sound like in the future when the episode comes out. I am determined that this book will start with a bang and end with a bang. The information you are about to read could very well change your life, as well as your thinking, forever. So it is important to me that you know exactly what this book is all about, right from the start. What follows is a series of verses that have been selected from the scriptures. They all deal with the same theme. All knowledge and wisdom comes from God, and He wants to put that knowledge in our hearts. He reveals things to us through His Word. If we will study His Word and seek wisdom from it, He will show us mighty things that we never knew before. It is His promise. Okay, so there's that. There's the sample that you can hear, and as you can tell, it is a book written by a preacher. It's of a Christian nature. It is something that, like I said, will not be recorded anywhere else. And I actually want to bring that into something uh, really quick before I get into my next point. I realize that not everyone is into or down with the idea of uh, religious topics in a podcast, which is just fine. That's, that's your own prerogative, and that's not mine. Doesn't mean that I'm going to flood the zone with religious topics uh, right and left. I will make sure that the topics or the, the titles of the episode, have something to do with that so you don't get caught off guard. But um, that's something that I want to just kind of put out there at the beginning of this. Um, a lot of these podcasts that will be coming out will be mostly, like I said, religious texts, and not just of the Christian nature. I'll say it that way. Because I'm not one of these that thinks that there isn't credence to be given to other religions. But I am, I am a Christian, and I am a Bible believer. I'm not going to give a uh, specific denomination because I think every denomination has its own flaws and I think that it comes from not believing certain parts of the Bible or believing certain parts of the Bible stronger than others. So if you take a uh, fairly consistent approach being that I believe all of the Bible and I try to believe it as literally as possible without uh, unless unless a passage specifically states that there is something uh spiritual or not to be taken literally because there's either a definition to that that specific thing then I won't take it literally but most often than not it is a completely literal uh, reading of the scripture so that way I can be as fairly consistent to the intention of the original writers as possible as far as Claude understands it so moving along next point or should I do this like the youtubers next point I had another idea. This is going to be a section. I'm going to... So, the beginning of this podcast, 
Every single episode that came before this one was a test to see how I wanted to structure things. So, so many, so many different topics that I need to cover. I'm tying this in together this way right now. I may have this uh, point later in the show, but I'll scribble that out on a piece of paper and continue on. Kyron Down from the Mere Mortals podcast reviewed my podcast and did a great review. I mean, he actually, he summarized what the podcast is about in words that I couldn't figure out because I'm still trying to figure it out. But he summarized it and and gave me true truly good critiques, critiques that I could actually use to better the podcast. So thank you for that review. Whether I get followers or listeners or subscribers or producers that listen in to the show because of it or not doesn't necessarily matter much as much as the the truly honest review that gives me something that I can work on to make it better. So once again, thank you for that. It, it was very insightful, and it's an outsider's perspective. So thank you for that, I, I want to say. But speaking of that, the beginning of the podcast, all the previous episodes, so the Pi White Paper, it, there's a whole white paper that I split up into different episodes based on subheadings of that white paper. So that way, because I didn't know how to use chapters yet, cloud chapters, and Another reason is because my podcasting host wouldn't, didn't support it, didn't support the chapter function of uh, podcasting 2.0. So that's, that's another reason why I split it up the way I did. But with every future audiobook that comes out, there won't be a separate audio file or MP3 in the RSS feed that has a separate subheading or for separate chapters. It will simply be a separate or it will be one whole audio file. Now, having said that, I'm going to put together a concise episode framework that will have sections for things that I want to talk about, and it will be divided into subtopics. And the subtopics will be divided by chapters. So whenever the cloud chapters come out, you'll be able to skip back and forth through the topics to, like, if you want to hear the ideas I had portion of any episode, you can skip right to it and get there. And that's what this is right here, an idea I had from, shoot, maybe five, five, ten years ago even, was the idea for a uh, moisture meter. If you've ever had to deal with a flood in your home or in a home, or if you've ever worked in the uh, property restoration business, uh, Service Master, Serve Pro, any of these big names, you'll know what it means to use a moisture meter to test for moisture content in materials that have been flooded. Now, Currently, the implementation in the market is a uh, manual and uh, air-gapped system. And by air-gapped, I mean you cannot take a reading unless you are physically on-site plugging the device into the material that you want to test with uh, two pins, very pointy little pins. I don't like that idea. I don't think it's efficient. I don't think that it is saving anyone money. And I don't think it's as accurate. So, I've devised a way... And this is about five years ago that I've devised this way. I just haven't had the technical know-how, and I still technically don't. But I have uh, guides on the internet that can push me into a direction where this can become a uh, minimum viable product. And then maybe even a prototype, and then maybe even a functional product, and then, then maybe, after some testing, a retail product. That would be a moisture meter 
that can be synced with the cloud and continuously uploading data that would give you a graph showing you the drying progress of said material that had been flooded. So, as an example of this, you would have a moisture meter or a, a pin, and that pin would be plugged into the wall. And by the way, if you're looking, if you're if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 player like Podverse, I, I, I no, tangent. Podverse is great because of this reason. When you're listening on Podverse, you have when the when the cloud chapters rotate, it actually rotates on your. Uh, media player itself. So uh, at least on iPhone, whenever I'm listening and I look at the screen, if someone like Adam Curry on No Agenda tells you, if you look at the screen right now, you'll see the rotating chapter art. The rotating chapter art rotates as well as not just in the app, but on the mini player on the lock screen, it rotates, which is awesome. Fountain doesn't have that feature yet, and I'm not sure why. It's something to do with um, the app programming, but it's there. So if you're if you're if you're listening on Podverse or on uh, Fountain, or really anything that supports the podcasting 2.0 features, you can look at your screen right now, and you'll see the pictures rotating right now. And um, yeah, let me get back into the topic of, of, the, of the moisture meter itself. So if you're listening on those, look at the screen. You will see a pin, or a, a, a scheme, a drawing, a mock-up of what the pin would look like. Very sleek, very slender. It has a little... Uh, notation on it that says p1 p2 p3 ptar and it would show you or it would designate that pin to a specific room so you would have a uh, basically a mothership device and that mothership device would be programmed with that mothership device would be programmed with software that you could assign names and locations to each pin that you would pair to the mothership. So that pin would be permanently mounted in that material until the end of the drying period. That pin being permanently mounted into that material means you always get the exact same measurement of the exact or the exact same point of measurement through the entire testing process and drying process. So you never get a uh, altered reading, which if, if you've been in this industry, you'd know that even moving the meter over by two inches could cause you to have a skewed drying result. So there's, there's reasons for this. But let's just say that pin stays in position for a minimum of three days, uh, uh, yes, a minimum of three days, maximum of seven, as far as any effective drying uh, system would work. The mothership would log data from those pins constantly, every we can make it a sliding scale, but let's just say, for example purposes, every 20 seconds to one minute, there would be a reading taken of the of the the moisture level in the wall, either decreasing or increasing based on whether your drying system is working or if there's a uh, continuous leak going on in the home. So what this would do is it would log that data, and then at every five minute to 10 minute interval would send that data up to a cloud server that you would have set up for yourself, which would either be implemented by use of an app or through a web app. And the web app is kind of the idea that I'm thinking currently because it's a lot more easily deployable than a uh, native app on a phone uh, or a any specific platform. So that web app would log all of this into a uh, very fancy graph that could be exported in CSV format. So that way it is easy for anyone 
to import that into their own software that supports CSV, and it would be easy for anyone to distinguish how the drying system has been working at any given point in time. This product would increase efficiency because of this reason, efficiency specifically. At any given time, you can get a job or a flood that happens in a, if you're a business in a town that's 30 minutes to an hour away from where your home base is located. And in that, in that situation, you are doing nothing but wasting time because insurance industry standards mandate and the insurance industry drives the standards because they're the ones paying checks. It mandates that you have to have a you have to have an employee on site every single day measuring moisture content to make sure that the drying system is working and they're not overpaying for excessive drying time. That's inefficient in every way. You're wasting gas to get the employee out there. You're wasting time that the employee, which is most of the time a lead technician who has paid more just to go and check readings on a wall and tell you, yes, it's still wet or no, it is dry. It is inefficient. If this meter was if, if this meter was used in replacement of that system, if there was ineffectiveness in the drying chamber, you would know within the first six hours, tops six hours, you would know because your system would be in there drying and within the first six hours, you would see a significant drop in moisture content or you would see a stagnation or you would see a rise, which would indicate three things. Stagnation, your system isn't working. Uh, drop means it is working and working effectively or rise in moisture content means that there is still an active leak. And you could assess all of this and even have it pre-programmed to alert you something's wrong with your system, your system is working fine, or there is still an active leak. Something could be implemented in every single position of the way. This idea, if implemented properly, could actually turn the industry up on its head. And I am actually in the talks with somebody right now on manufacturing the minimum viable product and then into the prototyping phase and then into the uh, production phase. So this will hopefully turn the, the industry on its head because that would make me a rich man. But <laughs> if it doesn't, it's still something that would be very, very functional for most companies to have on their own anyway, because most people realize the inefficiency there with sending a lead tech to do something that could be done by anyone else. And it, well, if they were trained, then it could be done by anyone else. But still, they realize the inefficiencies that are in the current system and how this would benefit them in the long run. And there's other there's other ideas that can come uh, that could be plugged into this in the future. But for now, that is the uh, that is the system that I had in mind that should work for the for the purposes that I've laid out. All right. Next point. I, I told I said in the beginning of this that I wanted to go into IT, and I found a course of study that I'm going to be trying to get my feet wet with. And this course of study is the the stepping stone that everyone does when they first hear about IT work or get hired in an IT position that most people say you should have this this uh, certification, and that's the CompTIA A plus certification. I've already studied for this and failed the test because I put everything on times two and a half speed and didn't really take notes to try and blast through it and get my certification within two weeks, not even, and then get a job within three weeks, not even. And it just didn't work out uh, there with that form of study. So I've restarted. I have my previous A-plus uh, course that I bought on Udemy by Mike Myers. Very interesting dude, very good instructor, but it's, like I said, it didn't work out because I was uh, a little bit too trying to be quick with my learning, which it, it, it doesn't work that way. So there's that. Uh, so I found a new 
video series to watch as well, which is by Network Chuck on YouTube. So if you wanted to look up Network Chuck, uh, do so, please. Network Chuck is, is a gem of a human. He's not, oh my goodness, something special in, in the sense that we need to fawn over him. He's a handsome dude, but that's not what I mean. It, his teaching style is great. His video edits are great. And to have good video edits, to have a good personality, uh, an enjoyable one, and to have, uh, what you call it, good educational content are three things that don't mix very easily for most people and most content creators. So to have Network Chuck do that for me is just wonderful. Just a, like I said, he's a gem of a human being, and I'm following every course that he's offering for free, and I'm planning on signing up for his course on his own website soon enough so I can really just dive deep into that course because I really do want to get into something with IT so I can really just do the things that I have in my mind. I have so many ideas that I keep talking about that I could in a weekend whip up and have put together. Like that chore bot, I could have done that this weekend, meaning today, which is Saturday. Uh, I could have done that. Last night and into this morning, I could have had it whipped up and have something to test to make sure it works and then show you guys. Um, through the use of the GIFs or the chapter images or really a short a, a link to a short YouTube video. Something. But I'm not that creative. I'm not that skilled. I'm not that devoted currently. So that's where I'm falling short. I should be doing better. But that's that's issues with that stuff. Oh, speaking of, speaking of uh, projects and even the ideas I had, I have one more. One more ideas I had uh, that I wanted to bring up in this episode because it 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 needs to be said so bitcoin uh this is my bit this will be my bitcoin segment you know what screw it it's not going to be my ideas i had segment this will be my bitcoin segment because bitcoin segments uh need to be had here let me put a chapter marker here bitcoin segment if you've heard any uh stutters in my speech that's because i'm typing out the chapter marker so it makes it easier for editing purposes in the end this is my bitcoin segment on the BTC Pay server is a, a service called BTC Pay, and that is a way to accept Bitcoin as payment for anything that you offer uh, as far as sales are concerned. My wife wanted to start a vending machine business a long time ago, and since the idea struck her, we still haven't done anything with it. So my idea is, why don't we also accept Bitcoin as purchase, as, as funds for this vending machine? And I mean, why not? I understand that Bitcoin is currently taking a crash. I think it actually started going up a bit yesterday, but it's currently taking a crash. That's just fine. It's taking a dump, but doesn't mean that it's not going to go back up. And even though, even if it doesn't go back up, even if it stays stagnant at its current position, even if it drops a little bit, I still believe that Bitcoin can be used as an alternate currency just because its value compared to the dollar is crashing doesn't mean that it won't even out in the next few years due to inflation rates causing the dollar to crash as well. I think I'm right in my assessment there. If anybody who knows about uh, monetary theory better than me and wants to correct me, go ahead and send me in a uh, paid boostergram and correct me. <laughs> I'm taking advantage of the system, but I'm still, I still have that intention of building that that business, I want to do so much with this crap, man. Frustrates me. Okay, listen to this. With the vending machine, I had an idea as well for the vending machine. I don't know if I said this in another podcast because I, I talk about so much crap that I want to do. In this other in this, this other business venture that I wanted to do for the vending machine, I wanted to in, 
to wire in a Raspberry Pi or any microcomputer, an Arduino Uno, something that allows you to take multiple sensor inputs. So I wanted to have wires, leads, leading to every single DC motor or simply to the uh, microcomputer controller on the input side, or the sorry, the output side of the vending machine. So once you input your selection, it sends a voltage to a specific uh, sprocket or uh, spindle or whatever you call that um, piece of swirly metal that holds each item. It sends a voltage to that motor, so it tells it to spin a certain number of times, and it will only spin a certain number of times until it empties out that specific slot. If you can number out how many slots there are and how many times it would have to spin to empty that entire uh, number of units and figure out how the voltage gets sent to it, map that out for every single item, you'd be able to map out a grid of how many items you still have, how, ma- how full it is, and even make a visual representation on a web app if you wanted to, but I'd rather just put it on a spreadsheet that says this is how many items are left, and it would, it would be synced through the cloud. Uh, and I say through the cloud because everything should be through the cloud, but it's just it should be synced to where you'd get a notification on your phone that says unit A3 has only three items left. You need to stock up soon. Unit 6C or C6 has, is still full. Maybe consider not selling this one again because no one's bought it in three months you know it just it, it would have a a breakdown of your highest sellers so you'd maybe be able to double up on that it'd have a, a of your biggest losers so you wouldn't stock so much of that you would have a complete and total data representation of what does best in your vending machine business per location because some locations would do better than others if you have a vending machine in a public school that would do better with snacks than you would a vending machine in a gym or workout situation uh, in, in, in a local gym where they would be more about the protein shakes and protein powders, assuming, because I'm assuming a lot about kids and gym buffs. But you get the idea. You get the picture here. The idea would be you have a Bitcoin payment option, but also you have an option to tell you how how much how many items are left. And then you also could implement this all. You could put this all on its own server where it would have the entire breakdown how much you made in Bitcoin, how much you made in cash, how many items sold of what specific type, and everything else that I've already mentioned. It would be beautiful. We would be able to automate the vending machine service and sell that service to other vending machine companies. Software as a service for vending machines. It would be beautiful. Okay, I've got four. I think four, I think it's four, four more uh, topics to cover. So first one. First one I want to cover is the life hacks segment typing that up life hacks the life hacks segment is this as a life hack for anyone who wants to have uh their death go a little bit easier um and and a little more enjoyable for everyone else write a post death message so get there's there's services out there i'm not sure the names anymore and i don't even know how to google this anymore so i'm not going to put a link i don't think i may put a link here Maybe, but um, find a service or find a confidant, someone that would deliver a post-death message for you. So after you die, this message gets delivered out to people as a, I guess it's a kind of a cute thing that's not also haunting to others. Because if you send flowers every day for, uh, or every week for a few years after you die, that gets kind of creepy. But if you send a bouquet of flowers a day after your death, and it's got a note that says, hey, even though I'm gone, you know, this is, I still love you, or who knows what, I don't know, just something cutesy, something like that, then 
then that would be, I think, appreciated by your loved ones. Use that phrase. If, and I say that because I say to use that phrase about the phrase loved ones because I've, I've, I understand that it could be triggering to some people. Not exactly sure why, but I understand that the phrase loved ones can be triggering to some people. So I just said it that way for that reason. But it could also be a, a helpful, the post-death note, if you're someone who does things that could put you in a position to be suicided. And then your note could say something that is to the effect of, I didn't commit suicide. Someone else did this. And I put this message out there ahead of time so you would know that I did not commit the suicide. So it could help you. You never know. This would be a very, a very good life hack if you leave the message with a confidant and it's all handwritten, hand, handwritten, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. You'd, you'd, you'd be safe from any of that misunderstanding, we'll call it. So there's your life hack for the day. Um, a point about Fountain. I wanted to talk about Fountain because I talked to Oscar Mary on podcast on uh, podcastindex.social. This dude is he's the co-founder of the company and he is still doing tech support for dweebs like me who don't understand how to do things properly and can't have the foresight to use a more permanent email as the sign-up email. My email provider, I think I mentioned this, I did mention this on the last full episode. It uh it it cra- took a crap on me. C Templar took a crap. And I signed up for Fountain with my C Templar email, which I shouldn't have done, but I did. Now I have all my uh, sats, all my sats. I don't have a crazy amount. I actually just emptied my sats to the uh, Near Mortals podcast, the Value for Value one, because they did the review. And I was very thankful. It wasn't a crazy amount, but I emptied my sats there for that reason. But I have everything tied in there. All my history, all my uh, value tag uh my wallet is tied with it, Bitcoin wallet. My podcast is linked with it. And all of my commenting threads, all my clips are linked with it. And then I wouldn't be able to access any of that if I didn't have my email working. And I can't sign into any other device because it's all signed up through Templar, And they send you an invite link to your email to confirm that it's you. And I don't have access to it because it's done. So this dude, Oscar, decided to be the tech support wizard that he is and help me out if if I reached out to him on podcast index it's unbelievable how this guy is still doing everything that he's doing he's a a gem of a human as well I'll call him that a gem of a human but speaking of which there's a transcribe button in fountain.fm and I wanted to use the same service of transcription that he's using through with fountain to transcribe my own episodes so I would have a srt file or transcript of any episode that I upload but also for other projects that I have in mind, which is a uh, transcript database for any podcast or any YouTube channel. And it would transcribe it better than the YouTube algo does. And you'd be able to download the transcript in a better format than the YouTube algo does and hoping that it would be free or cheap enough to be worth it. But it's pretty expensive as far as I'm understanding it. So if, if you value Fountain and if you use the transcription engine to make clips Every single podcast that gets transcribed costs Fountain money. Lots of money. Send sats. Send donations. Subscribe to Fountain Premium. And do something to support Fountain. Because Fountain is not going to be there forever if it can't get funding. And that's, that's a sad reality, but everything independent doesn't get funding like that. 
And I'm surprised that he has as much money as he does to start distributing Satoshis to anyone who listens to any podcast anywhere that doesn't even have a value block attached to it. So he's doing a lot of this with his own money. And as far as I understand it, I haven't asked, but as far as I understand it, most of this is being done with his, not just his, but everyone in the fountain uh, space, as far as I understand it. Do something. People who, if you're listening to a podcast and you're receiving sats, but you know that person doesn't have a value block, use that tweet function and tweet at that person. Let them know they need to get their system with, they need to get a value block attached to their uh, RSS feed. So that way money can start flowing into accounts and then people can start being, people can start receiving value back and value can start exchanging freely so it's off of Oscar's shoulders with the payments. I believe that's how it works. We need to start doing that. Um, that's something that, that I wanted to mention. As a last point, I wanted to talk about the art for this episode and every episode beforehand. The art that, I cho- that I've chosen for my podcast is uh, something that I've had an, an, an eye for. I've had an eye for this ever since I got the app. The app is called Photo Room. You can get it on iPhone and on Android. And iOS 16 is a, it's poised to wipe this app off the map. Poised, but not, not there yet. But iOS 16 allows you, will allow you, uh, once the public beta and full version comes out, to pull a subject from a photo and erase the background, and then import that photo into any other service. So basically, this app just crops a subject from a photo and puts a an outline around it as if it was a sticker. And that's just the eye I've had for photography right now, uh, most recently. And if you if you've listened to my previous podcast, you would know that I hand drew everything with my iPad and Apple Pencil. And for your uh, listening and viewing pleasure, I actually included a link to the RSS feed for that podcast. It may have been taken down because I actually signed up with, uh, I think it was Buzzsprout with that one. And I think they may have took down most of the episodes, if not all of them, from their um, servers, maybe. And if they have, then, well, that's that's that. But I'll include a link to the RSS feed that's hosted on Podcast Index. Maybe they're hosting it. I don't remember. If they are, you'll see it. If they haven't, then... You'll just see like some of the art going by through here. So you can see what I've done before. But I hand drew all of the other ones. Uh, and they all had something to do with a, a Neutron. Because um, I'm no genius. The The topic was... The, the point of the show was that I'm not a genius. I'm actually kind of dumb. And I'm trying to learn things as I go. And I'm not going to assume that I know anything at all. I'm just going to speak. And if I get told off, then so be it. I'll learn something new kind of like how Pitar told me that I was wrong and he, he did it nicely. <laughs> this is going to haunt me. My first one is going to haunt me. Pitar, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for that. But like, this is, didn't mean to make you sound like a douche. I mean, I did, but I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to make you sound like it. The note, I kind of, I read it as you're telling me that I'm wrong and that's what I wanted, but I saw how it could be interpreted as you're telling me off. So that's how I read it. Sorry for making it sound like you were that kind of person. I know you're not. You're a good guy. But um, still. But back to the point of the art. The art that I've put up now is just, like I said, I take some pictures. It's mostly of automobiles. It's pretty much only automobiles. 
And because I like the design of certain cars and I like the way that they, they look, mostly the older ones, the old school cars are my favorite right now and motorcycles. The Ford Bronco's up there because it was just, it was a, a nice platform I saw. You know, it had a nice lift on it, had some nice rims on it, and it was a good color contrast. I, I, I liked the way it looked. So I just used that. Um, but in the future, I would like to um, enlist any artists that would like to uh, participate in Value for Value to submit really any art that you want. It, it doesn't have to be anything that's show-related because as you can tell, the art isn't show-related currently. I don't go live right now. So if, if I was going live, you'd be able to listen along live, put up some art, and then let me know or uh, design art that was specific to that episode. But since I don't do that, it doesn't have to be episode-specific. So if you'd like to, if you're an artist out there, you'd like to produce art for the show, uh, my brother's already basically enlisted. I just need to get him on Fountain so I can input him in the value split on this episode or really any episode that I allow him to do art for because this one won't have him doing the art. But anyone who would like to, submit some art and then I will, if, if you get picked, you'll be, the, you'll be the person who has the art and the value split. If you aren't picked, your art will still be showcased in the chapters while I'm talking about the art segment and tell you why you haven't been picked. And that's the way that I will do this. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the way that I'm going to do that. So that basically wraps it up. Uh, this this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than an hour. Uh, maybe, maybe in exactly an hour. But that's that's that. I wanted to talk about the ideas for the next show. The next show will have... Um, more clips than this one. This one doesn't have really any clips other than the sample for the audiobook. And then hopefully, because I found this booth, I can start recording at a reasonable time where I don't have the most amount of vocal fry, but I still don't sound like a teenager going through puberty um, with voice breaks and such. Then I'll be able to record that audiobook and have it published on time, well, within a reasonable schedule. And work on the next one, which will be my own short story that I wrote a while ago. And that short story, uh, just to give you a synopsis of it, it's it's very short. Shoot, it's I need to actually still find a proper ending for it, but it is um, very short. But that one will take a little bit more time with editing because I'd like to put in some sound effects um, and and some things to kind of really throw you into a audio mastery. I don't know what to call it throw you into a position where the audio is bringing you into the story a little bit more. So I'd like to take a little bit more time with my own things and hopefully it'll turn out proper. But that's it. I'm signing off. This has been Claude on another recording of the Claudecast. Oh, and by the way, we're going to do ISOs at the end of every show. Follow all the rules all the time. No exceptions.